0: back my dear listeners I'm having such fun telling my story you know in my family nobody wants to hear me talk about my book and I guess it's my fault because I never stop uh, I'm infatuated with the darn story and uh, well here I have an unsuspecting audience on whom I can foist my story and you know what there is a chance that you might like it a lot So, we left Koyati, our protagonist, in jail last time, and he is telling a story to a voice recorder. And you will soon hear about how and why this voice recorder is available to him. And Koyati is spilling the beans here. He uh, doesn't have anything to hold back from, from the recorder. Because he's all alone with it, and he he just likes to talk, I guess. So, he addresses the voice recorder as Miss Heron. And you know, it would be a bit of a spoiler if I told you now why. But let's just say he sees the voice recorder as a bird, a heron. Okay, enough about that now. He spills his guts to Heron, and uh, he begins chapter two, Miss Heron, with the words, "Miss Heron, I need help. Last Sunday, the brute, the the brute beat me again. The brute is is cell bully. There are only two of them in the cell, not because any of uh, either of them is so special, but because the place is so." overpopulated that they are even using the solitary or holding cells to to stuff prison prisoners in. Uh, so the inmates are on top and beside and below and everywhere where there's a, a cabriole you'll find a prisoner inside. He tells Miss Heron that, uh, he says, I went to bed early, long before lights out last night. I woke up in the middle of the night as I flew off my bunk. Actually, I was flying upwards. The brute was displeased about something he invented in his big bald head. The flying was as bad as the landing, because the cell was built for one inmate. And everywhere you went, whether by land or by air, you bumped into walls or corners of the bunk bed or its narrow ladder and the bunk is made of steel. He tried to to lie still after he, uh, he says it was a bumpy lad. But uh, if he lay still, that would only give the brute more time to get a good grip on him. So he gets beaten up. Koyati is quite into... Uh, I won't say pop culture because his culture is a little bit dated but he has in his time of freedom he has seen every movie that was showing at uh, the cineplex where he had money or there was a pirate place that showed (laughs) pirated movies uh, in a little back alley some distance away from uh, the cineplex. And this is where he saw things like Star Trek and even Saving Private Ryan and things like that. And he refers to these movies all the time. Because Kuyati is illiterate, he cannot read, but very intelligent, his books are the movies. And he even explains at one place in in the story that he used to be sneaky about it. because he couldn't read the posters outside, he would ask the guy next to him, say, uh, "Brother, I don't know what what movie is showing tonight. Can you tell me?" And then he would catch the title of the film, and he remembered everything. Since he was a little boy, he listened to the radio, and he remembers everything. You know, also as a compensation because he cannot read. So he says that with a brute, it was like uh, when the Borg confronted uh, Captain Jean-Luc Picard, or actually it was the other way around, and they told the humans resistance is futile. So he got beaten up, and the first first opportunity he gets to talk to the voice recorder, uh, which he firmly believes is Miss Heron. He says, you, you got to help me. Just talk to the warden. I need to get out of here while I'm still alive. And then he starts to explain why he freaked out when he first met Miss Heron. What happened was this. Uh, I'm going to read a little piece she, uh, the second time Isidora came to, to visit him in jail, she wore baggy pants and a denim jacket, even though it was hot as hell outside, <laughs> because of the catcalls from the inmates and the offers of marriage and worse. She came to the, uh, to the bars and said, Koyati, it's me. I jumped out of the bottom bunk without bumping my head this time. I felt guilty to put her through all this attention from the inmates but I was happy that she came. I saw this box wrapped in brown butcher's paper under her arm, a present. City Central is an ancient building. The colonials built it to be just like the old prisons in Europe. That's why Isidora was able to squeeze your box, Miss Heron, between the flat steel bars, the fat steel bars, sorry and into my hands. She didn't mind coming close to the bar. She clearly didn't think I was dangerous. I appreciated that because I'm not. Oh, that perfume. She's too much. You know, for Tukuyati, she is a divine being. he tore open the brown butcher's paper I'll keep on reading a little bit. I tore open the brown butcher's paper and carefully opened the top flap of the box. I pulled out the downy thing that was inside. I saw a beak and flapping white wings and a pair of long legs and two beady black eyes. No offense, Miss Heron. I remember I didn't know you remember, I didn't know you yet. I looked down and I had a white heron in my hands. I saw a red spattering in front of my eyes and it felt as if someone had whacked me with a piece of wood. I screamed and flung you to the floor. Then I fell down too and covered my head with my arms like I used to do in my flimsy lean-to when I was little and I heard something outside. Uh, he had a manic fear of hyenas. My scream that day in City Central must have been something terrific. If you could move your wings by yourself, I'm sure you would have covered your ears with them. I don't recall that much of it myself, but I can still see Isidora staggering back and almost falling over the railing into the inner courtyard. So she brings him a heron, a stuffed toy heron, and he freaks the heck out because of this thing and now obviously there's something going on there and uh i i, I don't want to hold you an unnecessary suspension listener but uh, a, a spot of suspension is really not a bad thing just trust me on this so uh, she comes back to the bars and says "Koyati, Koyati, please talk to me and uh then he manages to make her mad. He says, why did you do this, Miss Isidora? And she asked, give, me a, give you a heron? And Coyote says, that's when he made her really mad. Yes, how did you know I was scared of herons? Brother told you, didn't he? And we'll meet brother later on. And then Isidora reprimanded him and said, listen, don't you talk about stuff that I had no way of knowing that you had a problem with a heron. And then Kuyati used the word he once heard on the BBC, uh, you know, in the early days, Radio Tanzania rebroadcast old BBC programs. And Kuyati just just devoured everything on the radio. And they explained the word phobia once. So he's he's talking Swahili, which is the uh, lingua franca of uh, of Tanzania and and the whole a uh, large part of East Africa, for that matter. And he said, "I have a phobia." He says he sticks the word phobia right into his Swahili sentence, and he almost felt bad to see, from her reaction, how she swallowed that lie, hook, line, and sinker. He says. Uh, and, but at least he thought it was a lie. He wasn't sure it was a lie. He probably did have a phobia. Kuyati is not a very simple character. And she, her heart breaks for him, uh, sucker that she is, and she says, Oh, Kuyati, we have so much to work through. And uh, she she had tears in her eyes that gave Kuyati some hope because... At least, there's somebody in the world who who wanted to help him, especially this creature that probably has descended from heaven. He says uh, he never touched a woman except his mother, and she wasn't a decent woman, (laughs) and she really wasn't. And then Isadora explains. She says... I'm developing a plan for your defense and the first thing I need is the story of your life. I think we discussed last time that uh, she didn't have anything for a defense and she she planned to go with mitigating circumstances because that's all she had. She wanted to show that people beat the crap out of little Kuyati since he was very small and abused him in all sorts of ways Uh, and I need a little sip of water here unprofessional but nice and cold Um, she says I want your life story and she explained that she she can show that he wasn't sent to school and people beat him and all that stuff Uh, And then he looked at the heron And she said, please pick it up And he he picked it up like it was a live mamba He closed his eyes for a second And saw the blood spattering over his hands And one black eye bursting out of his socket Uh, Isadora wanted to make sure I get it Uh, there was a very good reason for me to overcome my fear. They will put the rope around your neck, she says, and pull a lever, and a trap door will open underneath your feet and you will fall straight down eight feet. And when the slack of the rope runs out, it will break your neck and your lights will go out and you'll be dead. And here she cries some more tears and I will have lost a friend. I don't know why she said that, I don't think she did either. She said, I I don't want any more drama, okay? I tried to help with the little I remembered. I wasn't holding a gun when they arrested me. I dropped it when the security guy fired his. She made a note in my file. Keep on trying to recall the details. We'll be going back to it again and again. And this is where we stop this episode, Miss Heron. I mean, dear listener. See you next time.